1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. CTmobile.com. Good morning to you and welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show about the people and organizations that make an impact around the Dallas-Fort Worth community. I'm your host this week, Jared Sandler of 105.3 The Fan. I want to thank you. For tuning in. Now, this week's theme is DFW Restaurant Week. DFW Restaurant Week is celebrating its 23rd year. And over those years, the campaign has donated more than 10 million dollars to charity with 1 million raised in 2019 alone. Now, despite the pandemic, restaurant week is happening with most restaurants extending for additional weeks through September 27th. And this year, to keep everyone safe. There are both dine-in and takeout options to support this amazing cause. So good news for those wanting to participate but not yet comfortable going into an actual restaurant. Now, the two organizations that are the beneficiaries this year, well, they need your help more than ever, as you can imagine. Uh, later this hour, we're going to chat with Tricia Cunningham. She's the president and CEO of the North Texas Food Bank. But we start this hour with Keegan Hand, the director of development for Lena Pope in Fort Worth, and their mission is to help create hope, happiness and success for children and families. Keegan, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Really appreciate the time and, and excited to hear you share the story of Lena Pope and, and ways people can be a part of. Uh, of this organization and contribute, but I guess first of all, you know, some people listening might know exactly what Lena Pope is and, and who Lena Pope serves, but for those who don't, what's a little bit of background on Lena Pope?
2: Yes, absolutely. So Lena Pope believes that kids are an asset and they have unlimited potential and they're worthy of our investments. And so we invest in kids every day by providing prevention and early intervention services that support their emotional, behavioral, and intellectual well-being. Our counseling services are an area where we provide the emotional support that kids need to navigate, especially right now, the uncertainty uh, and equip them with the skills they need uh, to process their emotions, and to navigate challenges. Ultimately, we believe that investing in kids now leads to happy, healthy, and successful adults later.
1: How long has uh, Lena Pope been around? Well, what's the backstory of, of Lena Pope and how it got started?
2: Yeah, so Lena Pope was actually founded in 1930, and uh, Mrs. Pope, it was a, a woman, uh, Lena Pope, saw her community in need. So we were actually born out of community crisis, uh, you know, in a way similar to community crisis that we're facing right now. And Lena Pope and uh, some other women that were involved in the Martha Sunday School class at Broadway Baptist Church uh, just started taking in children who needed homes. And uh, so we were a children's home for a number of years and for a a good portion of our history. And then as, uh, you know, the way that we cared for children changed, we changed also. So over the years, we have been a children's home. We did foster care for a time. But what we really felt was the biggest need in our community was ways that we could try to get ahead of problems uh, that might result in a child having to be removed from their home. And we really saw a gap in prevention and early intervention services that could give families and children the skills they need uh, to work together as a family and to stay together. So uh, we actually shifted, and that's really where we focus now. We want to be a resource for families when the first problems you know, start to arise, and we want to be able to come in and partner with them to address those problems head-on so that families can develop the skills they need uh, to thrive.
1: I'm just curious, Keegan, how did you get involved in Lena Pope? Why was this uh, an appealing opportunity for you?
2: Well, I actually started my career uh, in special events, and so I had an opportunity to join the team here at Lena Pope, uh, focusing on our fundraising events, and really just fell in love uh, with our mission and the the children and the families that we serve. Uh, so for me, it was a no brainer. I I got to start out doing some of our special events, and now uh, I'm I'm a leader in our development and fundraising team, and. Uh, the running joke at Lena Pope is that uh, I would make a terrible uh, family therapist because I would cry all the time. Uh, so instead, I just raise them the money, right? So so that they can do what they do best, and uh, I, I help support them. And for me, it's so fulfilling uh, to be able to provide that that support to our staff who is so dedicated. Uh, to making sure that children have the skills and resources that they need to, to be successful.
1: And speaking of raising money, we're going to, in in a few minutes here, talk about DFW Restaurant Week, which is one way uh, to support Lena Pope. But you can also just go to lenapope.org, L-E-N-A-P-O-P-E.org, uh, and then it's it's pretty easy to find the donate link on the website. Uh, if you'd like to uh, donate and, and help out that way, uh, right now uh, or later on. And again, we'll be giving you some information here throughout this conversation. Uh, we don't want anyone texting and driving or writing and driving or anything. So just uh, all this stuff is going to be available at lenapope.org, L E N A P O P E.org. Now, you mentioned, Keegan, uh, emotional, behavioral, and intellectual well being. I, 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 if you don't mind, would like to kind of uh, address those three pillars. I guess, first of all, specifically with the emotional well-being, what are some of the the elements that are important to understand about that particular facet?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, a child's emotional and mental health is just as important as their physical health. And right now, the world is really focused on a, on a physical ailment. Uh, but what we are actually more concerned with is how the changes in our community are really affecting the mental and emotional health of our kids. You know, we had so many changes approaching the school year and so much uncertainty. You know, we were, were we going to be in person? Were, are we going to be virtual? Is it going to be both? Even if we get back to in-person learning, what is that going to look like? How is it going to be different? And we're really concerned about the effects that those types of uncertainties are having on our kids. So our counseling services uh, is one of the big ways that we serve children and families and help to give kids the skills that they need to navigate these uncertainties. So one of the biggest areas where we focus for counseling services is on play therapy. And play therapy is a technique where children can use a really natural process of play uh, to communicate. And a therapist can enter their world and observe how they choose to play, what toys they, they use, what toys they gravitate towards, and then help them give them a safe and nurturing space to process their emotions we know that kids face adversity and that they need a space to be able to process um, emotions we know that there are many children in our community that suffer abuse and neglect but these negative experiences don't have to derail kids from achieving success Kids are actually really resilient. And when you give them the right coping skills, they can overcome these negative experiences that they've had and go on to lead wonderful, fulfilling lives as adults.
1: We're talking with Keegan Hand, the Director of Development for Lena Pope. Uh, All right. So what about the behavioral well-being pillar?
2: Yeah. So. Um, Behavioral well-being, our our behavioral well-being teams really focus on uh, decreasing, you know, problematic behaviors. A lot of times we're seeing some of these behaviors uh, during those teen and adolescent years, right? Um, So we want to make sure that kids that maybe dabble in some risky behaviors can have a chance to, to correct that path. So many of the programs that our behavioral well-being teams run uh, are partnerships that we have with Tarrant County Juvenile Services. And so we're working with some kids that have maybe had their first run-in with the law and have maybe gotten their first criminal offense. We actually have a first offender program, and it's a diversionary program that's designed to partner with the youth and their parent or caregiver and it is a curriculum that teaches them the skills that they need to adjust that course that they've started down on. And it actually has a tremendous success rate. And what we see from that is we take kids that would have normally entered the juvenile justice system and we're able to keep them out. Uh, we're able to make sure that they don't um, have another offense. And then they're able to, you know, like I said, correct that path. Just because a child makes a mistake, especially during those teenage years, we are all there. Teenagers are known for making mistakes, but we don't think that that first mistake has to have a long-term impact. If we can come in and provide those early interventions and and help them adjust their behaviors, again, they can still go on to lead happy, healthy, and successful lives as adults.
1: All right, and then the intellectual well-being.
2: Yeah, so our intellectual well-being services really focus a lot on social-emotional learning development. So we primarily operate in two areas. Uh, we have two early learning centers that serve as, our, as young as six weeks old to five-year-olds. And now those centers provide full-day and full-year care. They're really designed, uh, you know, for for working families. But this is a lot more than just child care. We are dedicated to making sure that we're giving kids the skills they need from the very beginning to ultimately be ready for kindergarten is really where we're looking. Um, And, again, we're focusing a lot on the social-emotional learning and making sure that they have those skills. If a child can't sit still in a classroom, uh, can't take directions, can't uh, navigate friendships and know what to do when things don't go their way, then they're not going to necessarily be successful when it comes to an academic or school environment. So preparing them from the very beginning is something that we're, that's really important for us. And then as kids get older, we also have an open enrollment uh, charter school called Chapel Hill Academy. And there we serve uh, pre-K through eighth graders. And, again, our focus is on social-emotional learning. How can we make sure that kids have some of those soft skills? Yes, we're worried about their academics and we're worried about their brains, but we're more concerned about how they navigate life and the challenges that we know that they're going to face
0: throughout their lives.
1: Keegan Hand, the Director of Development at Lena Pope, is joining us. And, and we mentioned at the very beginning, uh, before we we started chatting with Keegan about DFW Restaurant Week and and what a, a great event. You know, it's it's something that people can enjoy while also giving back. And uh it, it's raised a ton of money and and Lena Pope is a beneficiary of of DFW Restaurant Week. What can you share with us about that relationship and Uh, I guess the the importance of that relationship between Lena Pope and and DFW Restaurant Week.
2: Yes. So we have been so fortunate to uh, partner with Restaurant Week and our wonderful uh, restaurant partners. And it has been just such a blessing for us. Last year, this campaign helped to raise over $250,000 in support of the children and families that we serve. So Ultimately, when our uh, when friends and family go out and enjoy a wonderful meal out, really, who's benefiting? They might have a wonderful time, but at the end of the day, kids are getting the support and services they need to thrive. And for us, that is just a win-win-win for everybody. Uh, so for the amount that was raised last year, to kind of help quantify that, I always like to do this. That was over 2,000 counseling sessions that were provided. And for us, we want to make sure that our services are accessible and affordable. So many of those counseling sessions were for families that perhaps either didn't have insurance or didn't have ability to pay, but they were not turned away from Lena Pope. They were still able to access the services that they need, regardless of their ability to pay. Uh, So our partnership is just so meaningful to us and um, and to watch our our wonderful restaurants give back and they have certainly worked their tails off during restaurant week it is a really busy time for them but ultimately the fruits of their labor is just amazing because we know that that money is going back uh, to helping kids and families
1: uh, dfwrestaurantweek.com will give you a, a full list is there a particular restaurant on the list that is your uh, that is your favorite keegan i don't want to put you on the spot
2: Oh, that's all right. You know, um, my husband and I actually, our anniversary typically falls during restaurant week. And we, we struggle with where to go each year, but some, you know, we end up, Uh, back at Capitol Grill, uh, usually every year. Uh, That's always a favorite of ours, and we always have such a wonderful uh, experience when we go. So uh, we are very lucky that we can, you know, take advantage of Restaurant Week and still be able to celebrate uh, our anniversary each year. So that's always an exciting uh, place for us to go.
1: I'm at on that DFW Restaurant Week website and it's got some, uh, some interesting prompts. Uh, one of them is what pizza topping are you? So, uh, Keegan, what pizza topping are you?
2: <laughs> oh, interesting. Well, you know, I probably, I probably have to go somewhere along, uh, like a spicy sausage or spicy pepperoni. You know, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I like to be liked by everyone, but I can be a bit spicy at times, so I keep folks on their toes. You never quite know what you're going to get uh, when you walk into my office, so I would probably have to be one of those those uh, spicier toppings would be my guess. Well,
1: we're talking with Keegan Hand, uh, the Director of Development at Lena Pope, lenapope.org, uh, for all the information. That's where you can uh, go right to the website and donate. Uh, you can uh, find contact information, phone number, uh, get in touch with someone at Lena Pope. Uh, I, I guess, Keegan, if, if you don't mind me asking, obviously this year is uh, has been a tough year for, for so many, and uh, certainly organizations such as Lena Pope are not able to maybe do what they would like to do to the ability that, that Lena Pope would like to do without the ability to raise money. So DFW Restaurant Week is is one avenue. What are some other ways beyond just, hey, let's go to the website and donate, people can be a part of Lena Pope and, and help the Lena Pope cause and, and really make it a community effort?
2: Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things that, uh, that folks can do, and this is this is a different avenue that I'm going to take to your question other than just donating, but I think one of the biggest things that we can do, especially as parents right now, is to check in on our kids emotional and mental health because we know as professionals as mental health professionals we are growing increasingly concerned about what this community and what our kids are going through right now so that's number one for me make sure that your kids are in a good place um, emotionally and mentally and if they're not know that places like Lena Pope are here for you for a resource. Um, and we encourage folks to, to reach out if your family is struggling. Uh, but in terms of ways to get involved at Lena Pope, you know, we are certainly in the time, talent, and treasure, treasure camp here. Uh, and we're having to be creative about new ways that Folks can engage with us. You know, like many organizations, we're um, approaching things virtually. Uh, so we've started a uh, what we're calling our cause chat series, um, and it's a virtual, virtual chat, if you will, about 30 minutes uh, during the lunchtime hour. And we've done a couple of different topics. We had one earlier this week that was focused uh, just on what I was talking about, you know, making sure that we're checking in on our kids' emotional health. And uh, it was a really enjoyable topic. We had uh, one of our uh, counseling therapists and then also our school social worker from Chapel Hill Academy share their perspectives on making sure that kids are in a good place uh, emotionally right now as we begin this uh, anticipate this school year, being so different from other years. Um, but certainly, you know, if you are one that loves to you know give of your time, there are ways that we can get you plugged in. And like I said, we're reimagining some of those uh, possibilities and opportunities. Uh, and if you're in the in the treasure camp and uh, have abundance of that, then we can use that too. So we are more than open to multiple ways that folks want to engage with us and engage with our mission. Ultimately, we believe that kids uh, are deserving of our investments, and the more folks that we uh, have join along with us um, and make those investments with us, uh, ultimately we're going to have a better community uh, in the long run. We really believe that many of the things that we do are are providing a huge return on investment. So uh, join with us uh, and we will uh, take your help and, and move along uh, and make sure that our kids have bright features.
1: Keegan, what what if I'm a parent and I notice whether it's, it's my child uh, or maybe a, a, another kid might be in in a place where Lena Pope could be of benefit. What, like what would the steps be or, or how would, you recommend a, an adult making that connection and, and going down that path?
2: Yeah. So as parents, we are the, we know our kids best, right? So things that we're watching for are changes. We need to be observant and we need to be watching for changes and things that we notice that might be unusual. So whether that is, you know, things like sleep patterns or change in diet, uh, changes in whether a child is enjoying certain activities that they they might have enjoyed before and now they don't seem to enjoy them. Those types of things are indicators that maybe our kids are struggling. And the first thing that I would suggest is just creating a safe space for your children Um, and checking in, making sure that they know that this is a scary time for us as adults, too. We don't always have the answer, and there's a lot of release in that shared emotion, that shared uncertainty. Um, But if things that you start to try to implement at home don't seem to be making a difference in your child's outlook and your child's attitude, then, yes, I think it's time that we reach out, um, and that can be as simple as, you know, a phone call to see if maybe something like counseling services would be good for your family. Um, And for us, we have a a, uh, kind of a central person um, that handles kind of all of our incoming calls, and she's so wonderful and so caring. Um, And she listens to kind of what's going on with the family and then can make some recommendations as far as if we need to pursue uh, counseling services, matching you up with the right therapist to meet your needs and meet your child's needs. So sometimes it's as simple as a phone call um, to to get started and to get kids back on a path um, to where their, their, their mental health is in a good state.
1: Keegan Hand, the director of development at Lena Pope, joining us. You know, Keegan, you mentioned Chapel Hill Academy earlier. Uh, I was wondering if you could maybe expand on uh, on Chapel Hill Academy, which is one of the programs and, and I guess uh, services uh, that that is provided and offered by Lena Pope.
2: Yes. Yeah, so Chapel Hill Academy, uh, we have operated Chapel Hill Academy since two thousand eight. Uh, we serve uh, pre-K through 8th grade students, um, and we actually just expanded over the last few years to add those middle school grades. So this is our first year uh, to serve 8th graders. And we're located in kind of southwest Fort Worth at the corner of Sycamore School Road um, and Hewnland. So But we are an open enrollment, uh, tuition-free charter school. Um, and so what that means is uh, that... You know, as long as you uh, reside, in, uh, we've got about 12 school districts um, that that we can pull from, as long as you reside within one of those school districts, you're eligible to come to Chapel Hill Academy. And some of the things that we focus on, we focus on small classrooms so that we can really offer individualized uh, teaching um, so that... Kids can have the type of direction and care that they need to succeed. We focus on literacy, making sure that especially by third grade, our kids are are on grade reading level. Uh, We know how pivotal that third grade mark is, so we really have a heavy focus around literacy. And then, again, focusing on social-emotional learning and making sure that kids have those skills to be able to navigate their peer relationships, their family relationships, how do they handle things like anger, teaching skills like empathy. Uh, All of those things we think have a huge impact on whether a child can ultimately be successful. Um, and yes, the academics are absolutely important, and we have a heavy focus there. But we want to make sure that kids are set up for the long run. And some of those social emotional skills are better suited to serve them longer into adulthood. Uh, I think we can all, we all know some adults that maybe don't quite have the social emotional skills that we wish that that they had, uh, and I think we can all, Think about someone that we've had an interaction with uh, that maybe didn't quite go the way uh, it should have. Should that adult have had a few more social emotional skills?
0: So,
1: <laughs> <We've> <laughs> yeah, all been that's
0: there. really where we're focused. Exactly. Exactly. So,
1: <laughs> uh, Keegan. All right. So now the the Early Learning Center. Uh, you know, this is. It, it seems like a great resource. You, you know, you're maybe someone listening right now is is expecting and. Uh, you know, you don't know what to do with, uh, you know, baby girl, baby boy on the way, uh, you know, after maybe maternity or paternity leave is up and, and, you know, mom and dad or mom or dad, you know, whoever is, is uh, in charge here, got to go back to work. And it seems like the early learning centers a great resource uh, for kids from, I, I think, what, six weeks to, to five years old.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. So uh, that is a hard decision. As a parent, I have been there, uh, you know, trying to decide what to do uh, for my children. And. You know, lucky for me, I am a staff member here and was able to get a spot in our early learning centers. And so I have my my girls here on campus with me, which is a real, just a wonderful, wonderful blessing. Uh, But one of the biggest things about our early learning centers is that we are just a true school family. And that's true at Chapel Hill Academy, too. One of the things that I love about our intellectual programs is we're not just focused on those brains. We're focused on the whole family um, and how do we make sure that the entire family is functioning well and together. And so we're actually able, when we when we spot a problem or something that's concerning us, we're, we can be a resource for our families and maybe we need to refer them into our counseling services program. We have a lot of folks uh, that come from either our early learning centers or Chapel Hill Academy that... Need, have had, had an experience as a family that they need to work through, and they're able to do that with our counseling services. So the more ways that we can, you know, wrap around our families and be able to provide them all of the skills and resources they need uh, to thrive, that's really what we're about. But the early learning centers are just, they're just wonderful places. They're so happy. Um, and, you know, like I said, we serve six weeks to five-year-olds, uh, we're a 6.30 a.m. to 6 o'clock p.m. center uh, the full year, uh, so we don't take any summer break or anything. And we're a great place, you know, for kids uh, to grow and learn and develop uh, and, you know, help as a family and make sure that everyone uh, is, can ultimately be happy, healthy, and successful.
1: Uh, Keegan, we've obviously covered a lot. Is there there anything else that's important to know either about Lena Pope or or the relationship with with Restaurant Week or just anything that could be of value to supporting a, a great organization?
2: Yeah, I think that more than ever, this year is an especially important year to support our restaurant partners. We know that this year has been challenging. It's been challenging for all of us but it's been especially challenging for our restaurants. So I think that if you are comfortable and can dine out, we would love that. But remember that many of our restaurants are offering takeout as an option for restaurant week this year. So you can still enjoy that great deal um, in in the comfort of your own home. Maybe just add a little bit of wine, some candlelight. You still have a great date night. Uh, prepared there for you. I think you can make it work. But it's really important that people support our restaurants, take advantage of DFW Restaurant Week, um, and know that ultimately, you know, a portion of that is going to be coming back and serving kids and families. It's going to be investing in kids, investing in their potential, investing in their future. Uh, And I just think that's so important. So it's a great year. You know, I think everyone's kind of ready for just like a giant reset button for the year. But let's get through Restaurant Week, and then maybe we'll hit the reset button after that.
1: Again, org is the the website. A lot of information there, dfwrestaurantweek.com, for the list of restaurants to help support uh, Lena Pope and and help Keegan, uh, maybe make Keegan's life just a little bit easier. Uh, by uh, going and, and taking advantage of this great opportunity. Keegan, thanks so much for taking the time to, to chat with us this morning.
2: Well, thanks so much. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and just remember, everybody, dine out, give back, and I hope you are having a great year.
1: Well, again, LenaPope.org. That's the website. That's where you can go to, to find out a lot of this information, donate ways to get involved, more information about the services that Hegan discussed with us earlier. Maybe you missed it. Maybe you missed a, a part of it. Whatever the case, uh, I think we all agree that our children are, are so important, that the youth uh, is such an important part of uh, you know what, what our focuses are geared towards. And, and Lena Pope is an organization that does a tremendous job and and serving our youth and putting them in positions to succeed, especially when maybe the odds have been stacked against them or uh, some levels of adversity have uh, gotten in their way. Uh, so, really, really appreciate Keegan taking the time again. Uh, LenaPope.org is the website uh, with all the information. Right now, though, we're going to chat with the president and founder of the North Texas Food Bank, Tricia Cunningham. Much like Lena Pope, North Texas Food Bank is a beneficiary and a longtime beneficiary of DFW Restaurant Week. And as you can imagine, because of the pandemic, more and more people uh, are food insecure uh, as we speak today. And and it's it's probably not going to get better immediately with the domino effect of the pandemic. But organizations such as the North Texas Food Bank uh, put people in a position to deal with those challenges and really exciting to to speak with Tricia and uh, Tricia thanks so much for joining us this morning I guess first of all what can you share with us about the North Texas Food Bank for people who might not be as familiar with the organization?
0: You know we were started over 40 years ago here in North Texas because we saw that there was food being wasted and that there were people that were in need of food and so the four courageous women who started the organization Uh, They were distributing about 400,000 pounds of food in their first year, and just last week we distributed over 2 million pounds of food. So you can see how much it has grown and also the needs in our community, what they do. I actually consider us a nonprofit logistics company. The role of the food bank versus food pantry, some people get confused. We have a network of about 250 partners that distribute about 80% of the food that we provide from the food bank. And that is the local community food pantry or another feeding program that really serves at the local community level. We are a larger, think about us more as the warehouse. We gather lots of food from food manufacturers, from the government, from other distributors, uh, large canned food drives, and we gather that food and then we can get it out through those food pantries and those programs through our own direct programs and mobile distributions.
1: Now uh, we're going to talk a lot about DFW restaurant week here in a little bit. Uh, And and just a reminder to everyone, you know, as we typically do, we don't want you texting and driving or writing and driving. So give you the website now and, and several times throughout a lot of information that we discuss that, that might be important to you. Uh, can be found on the website ntfb.org. So just think of the initials, North Texas Food Bank, ntfb.org is uh, is the place to go. Uh, now, Tricia, you, you mentioned been around for over 40 years. Uh, it seems like just looking at some of the numbers, the growth of, of the North Texas Food Bank, as, as you'd imagine for an organization that's been around this long, uh, has been really impressive. What can you share with us, kind of how the, the, the food bank has grown from the early days uh, to where we are right now?
0: Uh, right. It has certainly grown. And, this, and the problem is, though, is there's still greater needs in the community that we're we're not meeting on an ongoing basis, and a lot of it has to do with access to resource. I think one of the things that really happened during this pandemic is we saw – access to additional resources that we had not had before. And that really showed that with access to those resources, we can help to meet the needs that are in the community. So as as mentioned, you know, the first year the food bank was open back in 1982. It distributed 400,000 pounds of food. Uh, we have distributed over 38 billion pounds of food since that time. And just this this past fiscal year, which ended in end of June, we provided access to almost 97 million meals. And we had a goal to get to 92 million by 2025, but we exceeded that goal five years early just because the needs were greater and we had access to more resource.
1: And one of the things that stood out just doing – you know, some, some legwork in, in preparation for this conversation, it it seems like it's important, uh, you know, to point out that it's not that the people who are in need of, of the resources aren't just the people that maybe you think of as, as those who are standing on the streets, you know, not, not, uh, you know, in the best of places, it's people that, uh, that look just like, uh, look like you do and, and people who, uh, you know, have a, I guess, a, a set of responsibilities in life similar to, to what uh, yours might be. These are, these are everyday people who, you know, at the end of the day, whether you realize it or not, might be in, in a, a great deal of need.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right on that. You know, and I think that is a common misperception. We do feed the homeless and we do feed those people that are in need, but it's actually less than 5% of those that we feed. Most of the people that we do feed are people just like you and me. You know, with one in 4 children needing access to food that, you know, on a regular basis, that means that there's probably someone in your child's classroom that that may need food assistance. And you may not even be aware of it. I uh, Same thing for senior citizens and for the general public. You know, think about one in six or 10% of even those senior citizens who may need access to a little bit of extra help whenever they get onto a fixed income and, and their income stays the same, but the cost of living continues to go up. And right now we're seeing it in the pandemic. If you go, you see the long, long lines. And many people have often seen that hi, hi, Hunger is hidden, but it's not hidden anymore. And I think people realize that there are people and their own neighbors who may need a, need a little extra help. And if we can help provide access to food, then that gives them the cash resources that they may have so that they can go ahead and pay that rent an extra month or get the tire fixed on their car so that they have transportation to maybe look for a job. So that's we're just trying to help fill the gap for those people that, that need it whenever they need it.
1: Talking with Trisha Cunningham, of the North Texas Food Bank. Uh, all right, so let, let's talk a little bit about Restaurant Week, and, and we'll certainly get back into uh, NTFB in general. But, uh, you know, we mentioned this at the very beginning of the program, Trisha. I mean, this is an amazing initiative that has been so supportive uh, to its beneficiaries, like the North Texas Food Bank. Uh, this is the, the 23rd year. Uh, and like the Food Bank, uh, Restaurant Week continues to grow. I guess, first of all, what can you share with us, uh, about the relationship between North Texas Food Bank and DFW Restaurant Week?
0: You know, this has just been one of our favorite events every year, and it's usually one of our largest fundraisers. But the reason why I like it is because I believe it helps to bring awareness into our community of the needs and in their own community. And people can go out and they can patronize a restaurant that maybe they normally wouldn't go to. And I see people in normal times use it as a, as a great opportunity to get together with friends or get together with someone, and they and I call it eating for good They can eat and know that with that meal and with those relationships that they're building, that they're also helping put food on a table for someone else in the community. I speak to many of the the people that work at the restaurants, and they're actually proud that their restaurants are engaged in this activity because they know that other people out there need a little extra help. And we've seen that particularly this year. You know, early on in this pandemic, we had to shift our volunteer resources because People weren't coming out to be able to volunteer, but our labor needs were were extensive and they were high. And so we were involved in a program called Get Shift Done, which our target was to hire unemployed hospitality industry workers, so those people that may have been waiting tables, that may have been working in the back of the kitchen, uh, to be able to help them during a time whenever their restaurants were closed and they weren't getting an income. So in particular this year, we are extremely grateful for Restaurant Week because these are the or the people that have supported us, you know, for so many years. And now not only is this a way to help support the North Texas Food Bank, but it's also a way to support those restaurants and those people that are working at those restaurants as well.
1: And, you know, one of the the ways, I guess, in, in which North Texas Food Bank and Lena Pope are giving back, I, I know that, you know, the, the focus is so much so often how these restaurants are giving to your organizations, but you know typically the you know the, the, the cut, I guess it you will, that goes to the beneficiaries is 20% but this year because of some of the struggles that these restaurants have uh, dealt with. Uh, that's been cut in half. And I, I think that's a really cool gesture uh, on behalf of, of the North Texas Food Bank and Lena Pope. You know, you've got these these organizations that support you, and now they're in a time of need, and hey, let's, uh, let's extend that hand back.
0: You know, and I believe that's all the reason for people to continue to support. And I know that some people aren't comfortable going into restaurants right now, but so many of the restaurants now are offering their restaurant week menu and a takeout option. I'm actually this evening doing that for our executive team at the North Texas Food Bank. We are ordering out from one of the restaurants and it's going to be curbside delivery and then we're going to actually have dinner in a conference room here that where we can socially distance and feel comfortable having a meal together. But you know, people can can send takeout uh to their clients you or they normally might take them to dinner or to a friend and maybe even have a zoom call over dinner you know i think people have gotten creative during this pandemic and how they continue to build those relationships so i hope they will find a way to incorporate restaurant week in that. And and you're right, you know, we are getting 10%, but just know still every dollar matters and every meal matters for those people that we're serving. So even though we may get $5 out of a meal that we normally would get $10, that $5 equates in 15 meals that we can provide to people who are hungry.
1: Yeah. And I want to make sure that, that those numbers are, are clear here and restated. So $1 provides three meals. So if you're going out, you know and and you know i i understand and, and you mentioned this earlier obviously uh you know a lot of people have have dealt with financial challenges and maybe eating out hasn't been uh top of the list uh you know eating in and, and maybe saving a dollar here a dollar there and, and and everyone gets it everyone understands and and as Tricia mentioned earlier uh, even if you're not comfortable going into a restaurant there, the takeout options are available but if you are going to spend a little money, you are going to go and, and eat out you know, for a night or a few nights. This is the way to do it because if you spend $50 on a meal, that's 15 meals that you're helping to provide for people who need those meals because they might not have another way of getting that. $1, three meals. I just want to make sure that that gets rest- uh, restated. Now, Trisha, I'm curious, uh, of the DFW restaurant week, participating restaurants? Is there one that's uh, nearest and dearest to your heart?
0: You know, it's sort of like asking you which is your favorite (laughs) child. Uh, You know, we really appreciate all the support. But many of these restaurants have been longtime supporters of DFW Restaurant Week. And I just applaud them for continuing to do that, even in this year, that we know that it may be a struggle for them financially. Because, you know, many of these restaurants, what they're offering on their menus they could get much more for that just off their regular menu. But they put together this three-course dinner uh, in a way to be able to to offer something uh, that's great to the person that's coming into the restaurant to dine or doing the takeout. And so it's for perceived great value already, but also they're they're trying to help by giving back. And so they're trying to make this a more affordable way for people to, to enjoy fine dining and, you know, those restaurants have just continued to step up year after year. And, you know, we're extremely saddened that some of the restaurants that have participated in Restaurant Week just, you know, aren't able to be open or they've closed right now. And But we, we know that our community will rally and support our local businesses and try to make sure that they can come back even stronger.
1: All right. We're going to have some fun for a second, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Is that all right?
0: Oh, for, no, no problem.
1: Okay. So I, I think it's, it's kind of interesting. DFWrestaurantweek.com. They got... Uh, a few links you can click, and and there, uh, you know some of those uh, random things you'll see, like which one of these are you, and you you know personality test type of deal. So one of them is what stadium food are you? So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you that question of, of the various stadium foods. Uh, what stadium food is Trisha Cunningham?
0: I think I'm nachos okay. because I'm one of those you know, great staples that you always love to enjoy, but, you know, add those jalapenos in there and you got a little bit of spice.
1: (laughs) It's funny because we we just spoke with Keegan Hand, who's the director of development for Lena Pope, and she said that, I asked her which pizza topping is she, and uh, she said that she'd either be spicy sausage or, or pepperoni, and and it seems like there's a common thread here. You got <laughs> you got these people who who dedicate their lives to these amazing organizations, but they want to make sure you know that uh, when needed, that spice level can go up. I like yep, it.
0: I, my ask my team, they will know that. You know, yeah. I, I'm really patient to a point, but then you know, <laughs> I've got I've got a competitive drive in me, and for me with the food bank, that competitive drive is. We've got to do everything we can do to make sure that people have food on their tables. And so if that means that we have to change something that we do, then just know that, you know, that's where my head's at. Is I want to make sure that we can do whatever we can to to, to keep those people uh, fed and have access to nutritious food.
1: All right. Now, Tricia, the pandemic has had a, a domino effect uh, and impacted so many Uh and, and and it impacts so many in so many different ways too. It's usually not just one particular way. And uh, you know, the North Texas Food Bank, obviously, as we've discussed, it, it helps make sure that as, as best as possible, people uh, can be fed. But but I think there's some really troubling statistics and, and projections, even uh, that because of what's gone on with the pandemic, that. Uh, the, the area, the, the scope, the region that, that the North Texas Food Bank serves is expected to have a food insecurity rate of, of just under 20%, which is alarmingly high. and and obviously it's important to be aware of that so that people know how important it is to support an organization like the North Texas Food Bank. But uh, for someone who's who's been, I'm sure, engrossed in numbers, Uh, such as these over the years. What what does this number tell you, and and what's important for people to know about it?
0: So, you know, I have a, a background from an engineering company at Texas Instruments, and we were all about the data. And so one of the things I'm all about here is also the data. And what's really troubling is that coming into this year, Uh, we were seeing the lowest food insecurity that we we had seen in a long time. This would be based on the 2018 data. But once the pandemic hit, it was like, you know, you see the hockey stick where you love to see that hockey stick growth whenever you're thinking about financial outcomes. But whenever you're thinking about food insecurity, that's a very troubling statistic. And so we are now at the highest food insecurity that we've seen uh, since we've been tracking it. And so that even is beyond where we were in the 2008 recession. So, you know, it's gonna take a while. And so we have engaged with consultants at, at some of the consulting firms who've been helping us to analyze this data and they've told that told us that we need to be prepared for probably up to two years of this heightened increase in food insecurity until businesses can reopen safely and the unemployment numbers can come down. And even once people get back to work, it's going to take a while for them to recover from the financial impact that it's had on the reserves as well.
1: Tricia Cunningham's the president and CEO of the North Texas food bank. NTFB.org uh, is the the website for all sorts of information. Uh, and, you know, I, I guess, Tricia, w- this is maybe a theme that, that we mentioned earlier and, and just to kind of pick it back up. Uh, you know, we talked about how you, you look to your left and you look to your right and, you might be staring at people that you would never guess would be, uh, I guess, a candidate to benefit from uh, NTFB's services, but alas, they are. And uh, it's, it's also just kind of, I guess, geographically or, or regionally, it's, it's not necessarily uh, a population that's limited to specific areas that you would maybe guess. You know, you see it, uh, you know, uh, corporate offices, college campuses. Child care centers, I guess that's that's something that also needs to be made. uh, People need to be made aware of just so that they they know that, you know, they they might not think that they're looking uh, into the eyes of someone who could be struggling. But, you know, people aren't always raising their hands saying, hey, I need help. I need help. I need help. I mean, these these people that you can help that you can benefit again are, are, are people who can be all around you.
0: Absolutely. You know, that's one of the things that we, we have to inform and educate people about all the time. These are people that look just like you and I, and you never know what's going on, sort of one layer deep often with, with the people. People are often surprised to find out out of the 13 counties that we serve that Collin County is the, has the second highest uh, number of people who are food insecure behind Dallas County. People think about Collin County being where all this corporate growth and this affluence, well, guess what? You have you have hunger even in Collin County. And, you know, when you go out into the rural counties, you have higher percentages of food insecurity in the rural counties even than even some of the urban and suburban counties as well. So, you know, it, it exists in all zip codes, and sometimes it's where you might least expect it. And in particular, I want to talk about the kids because I think, you know, oftentimes the kids are overlooked. And with the pandemic and with the increase in food insecurity, what we're, what we're seeing projected is that Texas overall will be the state with the highest number of kids who are food insecure. And then the, the, out of the 200 food banks that we're part of a Feeding America network of food banks, out of those 200 food banks, the North Texas Food Bank Service Area will have the fifth highest number of food insecure children in the country.
1: That's that's startling. I mean, is there is is there anything that can be done in a preemptive manner or is is it just almost unfortunately and in large part have to be reactionary and making sure that these people are supported when they fall on hard times?
0: You know, our core competency here at the food bank is trying to make sure that these individuals have access to food because we know access to nutritious food also means, you know, has a greater health benefit and also helps that person to be able to, to thrive and be able to help address some of the root cause issues. But the great thing that we like to do from a preemptive standpoint, if someone is food insecure, if they're hungry, please reach out to their local community pantry. And if you go to our website at ntfb.org, right there on the front page, there's a pantry locator. And if someone needs food, find your local community pantry and go there. And the reason why I suggest people do that, we love to be able to feed people in the mobile distributions that we do that you see the long lines of. But what we can't do there is to help them with what their root cause issue is, if it's unemployment or if they need rental assistance or if they need some of these other assisting areas, that's where some of these other food pantries, they have other programs, workforce programs. They have other things that are health-related or education that can really try to help them get beyond the circumstance that they're currently in so that they can try to meet the holistic needs of that person who's food insecure.
1: You've mentioned People in, in in the community, and I think you know, with any organization such as North Texas Food Bank, there are people like yourself who uh, this is what you wake up and and you do. This is your your job, and you know, I don't mean that in a, a way that you don't enjoy it. I mean, you obviously to to commit yourself to this. This is a passion, but you also rely on the support of those who they wake up and their their job is something totally different. But uh, you know, they. You know they have the opportunity, in, in a number of ways, to give back to uh, an organization, and 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 maybe they choose the North Texas Food Bank, and there are various ways that the community can support the North Texas Food Bank. So I want to start with, uh, I guess the 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 way that everyone thinks of the most, but just donating money. I mean that's uh, uh, that's a, an easy concept to understand. The more money that the food bank has, the the more of a difference the food bank can make, and we mentioned this earlier. Uh, One dollar provides access to three, not just meals, but three healthy meals for mm-hmm. someone in need. And, and that's super important. I, I guess, you know, you can go to the website ntfb.org and, and, and you know, find ways to directly donate up in the top right uh, in red. It's it's impossible to miss uh, is a, a donut link that you can click on. Uh, but uh, beyond Restaurant Week, which I know is a, a, a huge part of the, the funds raised are there any other events or anything else that that might be coming up this year, or for people to look out for in early twenty twenty one that can be you know something they can participate in and, and in so doing support NTFB?
0: Uh, absolutely. So while a lot of our physical events have been canceled or postponed for this year. There are still things that we are doing, so we are participating in North Texas Giving Day, which is coming up on September 17th, and this is an opportunity for people in our community to support not only the North Texas Food Bank, but so many other nonprofits, and that's through the Communities Foundation of Texas, and you can find that there, or you can come to our site and find out more information about what we're doing for North Texas Giving Day, and you know, all nonprofits, including us, reply, rely on the support of our donors to help us make sure that we can we can accomplish our missions. And uh, so it's super important this year to make sure that you really focus on on that or just donate directly through your organizations. As we mentioned before, you know, every dollar coming to the North Texas Food Bank, we can provide three healthy meals with that. And right now with kidding food and things, it's really important that we purchase the kind of things that we know that we need to put together a nutritionally balanced food box. And so that's even more important today so that we can we can go out and we can buy this product wholesale where people normally that might donate food would go and purchase it and, and donate it. But this helps us to get it in pallets and makes it really easy for us to assemble. But We also do take opportun- take food. So if people want to do a canned food drive, they can certainly do that or they can go online and do that. We have ways for people to to sort of create their own event with a virtual food drive, and we make that a really easy process for people to do, and they can find out information on that, again, at our website. We also know that everybody can make a difference. Every day we have opportunities almost for for anyone to make a difference, and that would be through volunteering. So we do have some opportunities with our mobile pantry distributions, which would be on-site distributions, not going to lie, it's hard work. It's, you know, lifting heavy boxes, putting it in trunks. But it's very meaningful work to be able to go out and do it. I've done it several times myself. And so that's a great way. And then we also have some limited opportunities for kidding uh, in our distribution center. And that's, uh, you know, putting together those disaster boxes and those food boxes and those uh, backpacks that we know that the kids need that have kid-friendly food in there as well. And then there's also something that everyone can do. And that's just to help people educate. If you hear someone. Talk talking about food, you know, one of the things that really gets my feathers ruffled is like, oh, they're just looking for a handout. It's like, really? Have you asked them what their story is? Because I can guarantee you that people don't wait hours in line or sit hours at a food pantry to get a $20 box of food unless they really need it. And really help people to understand and advocate for those people who are hungry and making sure that they let their elected officials know that they need to support these programs that help the hungry in their community, because that really helps all of us. It helps us to take care of those needs, and it also helps us economically uh, to make sure that there's money going back into our communities.
1: Uh, and, again, what, what sort of foods are you, you looking for if, if people want to uh, donate some foods to the pantry?
0: Oh, great, great question, because we really look for healthy food. We want those low-sodium vegetables. We want uh, the fruit in its own juices. Peanut butter is great. We have in. In Collin County, there's a peanut butter drive going on right now, but I can tell you anybody in any county, they can donate peanut butter year-round, and it's a great staple that we include not only in our, our kid backpack program, but we also include it in, in boxes just because it's a great protein and shelf-stable. Canned meats, canned tuna, those type of things and its own, you know, packed in water, things that you would want to feed your family, you know, that are shelf-stable and, and that we can make sure that we get out into the community, and, and it's a great way to be able to, to provide a healthy diet for our community.
1: You know, one thing that you mentioned talking to your, your local elected officials, I, I guess what are, what are ways, I mean, if someone is listening and they, they have a, a penchant to really get involved in, in these sorts of conversations, what are some of the specifics that they can perhaps vouch for? What are some of the things that the food bank is fighting for to, to maintain or increase that support?
0: Well, first off, I just would invite anybody that is very interested in this. We have uh, an advocacy program that you can find on our website and you can sign up for a newsletter. And it is up, we send out up-to-date sort of resources of what's coming up and what do we need support in and how can they help with their elected officials. So that will give them very timely type of topics for them to be able to speak to but some of the things that we're advocating for right now is that we know that many of the people that are in our community that are hungry are going to need some resource for, for a while and uh, one of the programs that benefit people for a short period of time is the SNAP program which is the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program which can help provide on a debit card where people can go into their local grocery stores and purchase the food that their family needs. So why is that helpful? It's helpful because number one, it will help relieve the lines that are for the food bank, but number two, it also provides economic stimulus for those grocer and retailers who accept the SNAP program and helps give them additional business as well while making sure that there's access to healthy food. So we are advocating for a 15% increase in that SNAP program as part of the stimulus packages that are, that are being discussed right now. And uh, so we would, you know, want our local community to go and, and tell their elected officials that they want them to be able to support that in some of these upcoming stimulus programs because it will help to fill the gap of need in our community.
1: Tricia Cunningham, the president and CEO of the North Texas Food Bank, is there anything else that you think is important for people to know or be aware of uh, about the food bank and ways to just support this organization?
0: I think the main thing is I want to express our gratitude. You know, our community has really stepped up during this time to try to make sure that they can try to support our needs. And, you know, my faith in humanity overall has certainly been reinvigorated through the pandemic, it's been hard. It's been emotional. You know, our team has been working nonstop to make sure that we can get food on the table. But the only reason we can do that is because of the inspiration and encouragement and the donations that we've been receiving from the community. You know, we've had senior citizens that have sent us their first-round stimulus checks and said, I'm living on a fixed income, but I'm able to make it. I want to be able to bless someone else. And he, those stories, uh, who those people who've really stepped up early and often, Um, have been incredibly supportive for us. And we know that we're going to be needing to meet the long-term needs of our community. So that's extremely important to make sure that we have the resources to do that. And just know you have our commitment from the food bank that we will be there as long as we can, as long as we have the resources to provide us the the food that's needed for our community.
1: Tricia, thanks so much for all the work you do for the North Texas Food Bank and and the people that the food bank serves. And we really appreciate you coming on this morning and, and sharing some of the story.